I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take. Week six. Week six. How you doing, Matt? Shall we just start with lows? <laughs> All of today, the last 24 hours. Is that just the low end of story? Man, woof. He has been a fuss pot. Fuss bus. Fuss bus all day long. We're recording this at about 6 p.m., which is not our usual recording time, in part because I think it was probably about 30 minutes ago that I saw him with his eyes open not crying for the first time today. Now, mind you, he's slept a lot today He has. Well. We got through a whole Spurs game, at least a whole West Wing, a whole grocery run. So we can't complain too much. I know, I know. He just spoils us. This is what we've learned this week, yeah. is he really is a pretty easy kid to this point. Mm-hmm. And so anytime he's out of that ordinary routine, we're a little destroyed because it kind of shocks our systems. Systems. I can't even say words right now. So yeah. that means we're off to a great start. Yeah, right before the podcast, Rachel's like, how are you? Are you okay? I'm like, let's just talk about it. Let's just save it all. Because, wow, I really found myself just thinking I'm not cut out for this. Like, I don't know why why I'm a parent. That was a huge mistake. Oh, man, we went deep into the well. Oh, man, it went dark this afternoon. And here's what I wanted to process with you a little bit. One of the hard things for me or one of the hard things I'm finding is identifying my moments of parenting burnout, which almost always come when they're extended parenting times. So that means usually it's not happening when I'm working during the week. It's happening on the weekends or today I have Fridays off. But on those days, I want to be the most available to co-parent and help hold him. And so I find myself in this catch-22 where in retrospect, I clearly just needed to give him to you. And you're saying, you can give him to me. But I'm saying, no, I don't want to give him to you, although I'm dying inside. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that might be an exaggeration. But I don't want to give him to you because I know that you need space. And I have basically asked you, we've asked you together to take care of him all week long. And I just feel this war on these quote-unquote days off, whatever day off means now. I don't know. I'm curious what you kind of think about all of that. Well, I feel like it's what you said. We're still co-parenting these days. I think sometimes you approach it as, okay, Rachel did this all week. These are her days off. Yeah. And that's not true. It just means I have an extra fully present team member on these days. And so it doesn't mean that I'm trying to shirk all responsibility or I don't want to touch him. I don't want to deal with him. It's all you. Well, and you've never given that vibe or anything that makes it seem that way. But part of me thinks, how could she not? I mean, I know that you love him, but I also wonder how could she not just want a complete break? And so how much can I give her that? But I mean, anything that you give is a luxury compared to the rest of the week in which I am kind of fending for myself. So the fact that you said hey, I can hold him while you go to the grocery store or while you go to the bathroom, while you take a shower, is leaps and bounds more freedom than I've had this week. And so just the fact that you're there and present to do any of that is fine. And that to me is 
co-parenting. So that when he's fussy and you're at your max, then I take him. But at least I have someone who, when I'm at my max, can also take him. That's the gift of co-parenting on these weekends. Yeah, that's helpful to hear you say and process a bit together. (laughs) The other piece of it is just the, yeah, I want to be the best co-parent I can be. And I like to calculate and sort of determine things statistically. And so it's hard when you can't just do it by time spent holding or kind of break down the day. Oh, we did 50-50 today, but you have to kind of work out energy levels and all that it's just more complicated equation to think through it definitely is it requires communication i mean we did this a lot when i was pregnant before oliver came into our lives we would go on walks every morning and we would start the day by asking each other what percentage are you at because the chart doesn't always look 50 50 in terms of co-parenting or whatever you want to call what you're doing in life Um, sometimes you just have to say I'm at 70% today and you're at 30%. So that means the 70% needs to step it up and maybe you're you're at 30% for three days in a row and that's okay. As long as we're all on the same page about that, then it's good. Yes. Being on the same page seems important. That was my low the last 13 hours or so. Were you saying it was also your low? I mean, my other low that I'd written down was, man, car seats are heavy. (laughs) (laughs) And this feels like a better, a more appropriate low. Not a better low, but a more appropriate low. But just PSA, do some arm workouts before the baby comes. Because woof, those things are rough. (laughs) Yeah, ours is particularly heavy. As well, I think, right? All the reviews say this is the heaviest car seat on the market. (laughs) It's like, it's legit steel, which is great if we get in an accident in terms of protecting him, but rough on my arms right now. Yeah. Should I move on to highs? Yes, please. Okay. Please lead us off. Oh, lead us off. Okay. Well, my high is another product. My high is our baby Bjorn bouncer. Oh, yeah. Which... When we first had Oliver, a week or two in, we sat him in it, and he did not like it. And I thought, oh, dear goodness, this is one of the most expensive things we bought, and he hates it. This is just going to be a disaster. But Mm -hmm. I persisted as I persisted in all the products that I bought him thus far, some to success and some to failure. But this one I tried again, and now it is one of his favorite things and is probably one of the most successful tools we have at getting him to sleep, relax, chill out. So some people go the swing route, which is automatic. So we didn't do that. And sometimes I've regretted that decision because you don't have to do anything. You just turn up on a button and it moves him. But I kind of like the idea that... I regret that decision right now. (laughs) (laughs) I regret that decision right now. Yes, there are moments. But the Bjorn Bouncer, you can bounce just with your foot or your hand. And then the concept is that as he gets older, he can bounce himself with his own movement. And so I like that there's some engagement piece to it still, it feels like. Sure. But he also really loves it. And we've watched many a West Wing. The NBA is back. So many a Spurs game. While he hangs out in the bouncer, both awake and asleep. Now, we do not leave him in the bouncer while he's asleep, not with eyes on him. FYI, that is not recommended. But I think it's just not recommended to not have him strapped in. 
Yes, sleeping. I guess that's true. But also good that we don't leave him yeah. unsupervised. So it's not great if you also want to nap. But in terms of doing lots of other things and watching TV or getting projects done on the computer, whatever, it has been amazing. And I've been super grateful for it. Not that I don't love engaging with him, but in terms of consoling him, even if he's awake, he just enjoys the bouncer. And welcome back to the Tim's Take from our first sponsored segment. Baby Bjorn. Baby Bjorn. <laughs> Looking for that discount code we can pass on to our friends. <laughs> no, we are not sponsored. But of course, Baby Bjorn, we know you're listening. So feel free to reach out about a sponsorship. My high is actually something you mentioned. And that is that Spurs basketball is back. There's all kinds of complex emotions about the fact that the NBA is successfully pulling off a bubble in a place like Florida. But let's set those aside for the moment because... We don't have time for moral, ethical <laughs> quandaries in this mode of parenting. That's not true. We do have time for them. <laughs> I'm going to separate it artificially from this conversation. Fine. That makes me sound really bad. That is not a cop-out to avoid all social situations going on in the world right now. Right. No, I know you weren't saying that. But... Good okay, to clarify. We're just going to... We're going to acknowledge and also recognize simultaneously... Just like joy and lament can coexist, that even the ethical quandary of NBA basketball returning can also coexist with the delight of watching the San Antonio Spurs. And why is it my high on the Tim's Take podcast, which is ostensibly about our parenting journey? Well, that's because this week, although Oliver did not really purport to watch any of the games, it was very fun to just be the three of us watching and today he's wearing his Spurs onesie. The Spurs won against the Utah Jazz today, which they needed to and should have. And it was a glimpse of days to come. And so that kind of those moments where you're like, oh, this is this was going to be a fun thing or could be a fun thing. Yeah. Tell me about your experience as a child growing up. Your dad was pretty into cricket and got you into cricket. I didn't really have that experience as much my dad your dad wasn't into cricket no my dad definitely was not into cricket he probably didn't know what cricket was for the listeners who might not know my backstory my dad is australian i grew up in australia so that's how i got into cricket and why he was into cricket my dad was into baseball was probably the thing that we watched most together but i kind of outgrew that at some point i was often mocked as the kid in high school who knew nothing about any sport whatsoever Mm -hmm. so i don't really have the experience of bonding through that with a kid and i'm very excited that you and i both love spurs basketball and feel like we're gonna bring him up in that together so that yeah that's something i'm looking forward to felt like that started as a question (laughs) i realized that so matthew (laughs) what was your experience i'm excited because i didn't have that experience it's back to you i mean it's just another form of parental brainwashing or maybe put better it's parental catechizing you know, just as we'll anticipate raising Oliver in a faith tradition, so we anticipate raising him in a sports tradition that supports the number one NBA team in uh, the league, the San Antonio Spurs. What are the odds over under? I don't know if this is the proper use of that, that you cut him out of the inheritance if he chooses another NBA team to be a fan of in the future. Two things. Number one, that assumes that there will be an inheritance. I don't know that we are <laughs> on that kind of trajectory. But second of all, I recognize that sometimes it's going to depend on what the next decade of NBA basketball looks like, uh, because there has been a marked shift from team support to individual player support. 
So if that continues and he gets swept up in that and I'm not able to instill in him the values of team and being oriented in that way, then I recognize that he might just be swept along you would with a tidal him wave. That. And I would forgive that. If he was to decide that he wanted to root avidly against the Spurs, Ooh, like yeah, root rough. for a team like the Clippers, where the trader Kawhi Leonard has landed, there's really good family counseling out there that we could probably try to do and approach. So, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm not really that intense about it, but it is hard to imagine, honestly, him uh, wanting to root for another team. Considering both of us love the same team, I feel like that... Right. There's no house divided here. No. Yeah. It's, this, an, it's an easy get. This house has an open door to Greg Popovich anytime. Uncle Derek, Uncle Patty, as we call them, they're welcome anytime. And uh, yeah, we're together on that. United co-parenting for sure. Definitely. All right. Let's uh, do some takes. Okay. Your turn. Yeah. My take is I don't even know what to do about productivity these days. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying outside of work or including work? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I guess outside of work. What's interesting is I became a parent, but I didn't suddenly stop wanting to do the other things that I've always wanted to do and explore and think through. And I've always been a list person. So I lean heavily on my list of things to do. But there's also things that have to be done. I need to call our internet provider and not pay $70 a month for the internet we've been paying $45 a month for. What a joke. I mean, thank you. Thank you, Xfinity, I guess, for letting us upload this episode. But I don't want to pay that much. And so, but I, I, one part of me thought, oh, that maybe I'll do that today. And that definitely hasn't happened. So I just don't even know what it means anymore to be productive. And I recognize some of this goes back to our conversation about expectations, but some of it's also, how do you maintain the sense of who you are? And maybe this is just laying bare the fact that an unhealthy amount of me is tied up with productivity. I don't know, but there are things I'd love to do and it's harder to do them. And I don't even know quite what to do with that. Yeah. Is that a tank? That that maybe is not a take as much as a scream into the existential void about, <laughs> about me trying to process who I am. processing that needs to go on here. Back to the family counseling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a perfect answer, but I do feel like I battle with this or often because this is my day-to-day with him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day, because I'm not going to work currently, I'm on maternity leave, it is just a mix of, yeah, there's a to-do list and I'm not going to get it all done. And so I have to start the day thinking, if I can check things off on this list, that is a win. And if I can't, oh, well, I was with my son. I loved him. That's great. And that's really hard And I'm not saying we abandon all hope because most of the time I I do get almost everything done on my list. The reality is I do. Okay. This was my take. Now you were just rubbing it in. (laughs) I also think I have smaller goals than you do. And I'm willing to trust the process. You get really frustrated earlier. It was a long night. He didn't sleep super well. Oliver didn't sleep super well, which meant we didn't sleep super well. And you took a nap and you woke up and you were instantly mad at yourself that you took a nap. I wasn't instantly mad. I was mad about 45 minutes later. Okay. Relatively (laughs) instantaneously mad that you took a nap and you're like, oh, I should have done this, this, and this. And you just can't, you can't do that. You'll go crazy. You have to take each thing for one. We're podcasting. Check. We watched the Spurs game today. Check. We 
eight f- meals, our house is in a disaster. Check, check. Like, those are all wins. It just comes slower than you would like, I think. I might need to delete this episode. We might need to start over. It feels like it's getting a little too personal. I feel a little too exposed, too vulnerable. What I want to hear is from listeners who just feel like me and sympathize with me. I do sympathize with you. Yeah, no, I, I know you do. You're being great and you're reminding me of wonderful truths. I, I have nothing else to say. You just have very high expectations of yourself, which propels you toward greatness in lots of ways. But it's also helpful not to abandon all these parts of yourself because that's huge to maintaining sanity right now. But it's just going to come slower. Yep. So my take is that takes a lot of reconciling for this Enneagram one which we can talk about Enneagram and parenting some other time. What's your take? My take is that when you become a parent, you realize how frequently you have confirmation bias. So we were kind of talking earlier about all versus fussiness. And earlier this week, I had downloaded an app that said, Okay, Oliver's going to be a little fussy right now. He's going through a mental leap. And that's the terminology that this used. It's called the Wonder Weeks. You can look it up. Anyway, so he's going through a mental leap. So it's going to be a storm. And then he's going to be really happy today, which is obviously not true. (laughs) But during this week, every time he was a little fussy, I thought to myself, oh, it's normal. He's going through a mental leap. That's fine. Then we get to today and all of that's thrown out the window. And so we start researching and turns out week six is also a growth spurt time for him. And it says, oh, your baby can be typically fussier at six weeks. It peaks at this point. You may not recognize this baby. And you say to yourself, oh, that's why he's fussy. Mm. And everything that you just learned about this is supposed to be a sunny period during his mental leaps. You've chucked out the window (laughs) because this now explains what you're going through. So you just look for anything that confirms your situation. I think to stay in it, to stay. I don't think it's just that. It's it's also because it reassures you. Part of it for us as first-time parents is we've never gone through this. And so it reassures you that, okay, some part of this is normal. Yes, that's true. In other words, true. like he's not, he doesn't have some rare disease that we haven't heard of that sets in at six weeks. That suddenly the Friday, you know, before he becomes six week old like this just is a rapid onset i don't know yeah it keeps you from having the pediatrician on speed dial and calling them every time he's acting out of what you've now deemed normal yeah of course the irony is you can search the same exact search with one week two weeks three weeks four weeks five weeks six weeks and basically you get kind of pretty similar things in six weeks there seems to be some kind of peak happening there but five weeks, it's like, yeah, your baby might be having a growth spurt. Four weeks, your baby might be having a growth spurt. Three weeks, oh, there's probably a growth spurt. They might be fussy. It's like, okay, all the time, I guess. So my take is I both love the system for the structure and reassurance it gives us and hate the system because it's totally contradictory and you're really just looking to confirm your own thing. What's the system here when you say the system? Whatever system that you're following, the web parents.com website you found that says it's six week, he's fussy, the Wonder Weeks app, whatever yeah. school of thought you're looking at and trying to go by, that's what I'm talking about. Gotcha. 
Well, that's a good take. That's really true. You're looking for anything to confirm that what's happening is normal. Yeah. Shall we move on to our final segment? Yes, we shall. And it is? Mailbag. I thought you were going to use the recording. I thought about it, but I knew you would do it if I looked at you. So. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we have Andre Yaholkovsky climbing up the leaderboard. Two-time mailbag. Two-time mailbag champion. We we will start keeping a leaderboard. So congratulations, Andre, catapulting yourself into first place by we'll, being featured twice. We'll send you our Baby Bjorn bouncer discount code. Yep, definitely. As soon as Baby Bjorn reaches out. They know how Timsteak at gmail.com. Just reach out. He talks a little bit about how much he loved that we introduced Knarfs into the podcast. And he was curious if we'll be introducing them more. He's interested to know our Knarfs on everything, baby, from experiences with Oliver to products that you guys use to restaurant reviews from food that you guys have had. Well, Andre, let me just give you a Knarfs on today. Today was a negative seven Knarfs. Oh, wow. Very high. You either had very high expectations or it's been a really rough day. I had medium expectations because he's been pretty great all week. Yeah. And whew, oh boy. So there you go. How do you like those Knarfs, Andre? But here's the second thing he said, which maybe had even more bearing. And here I will quote him. He talks about the story of water on the bed. Totally get it. We've been there when a minor catastrophe hits at the worst time. And amazingly, someone steps up to keep you guys moving forward. It's amazing the appreciation and love that can grow for each other as we parent. At the same time, marriage still takes work, and sometimes it takes more work during this time of parenting. I don't know exactly how I got on this tangent, he says, and there's way more to unpack there, but I'll digress. Well, Andre, I agree. It sure takes a lot of work to be married to me, as we've heard in this podcast, and Rachel is sure putting in that work. I was just going to say, I feel like my experience in being married to you and being a parent is positive. Two canarfs. Well, you're a positive 10 canarfs to me all the time. Okay, so. that makes me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar with the canarfs, you can go back to the last episode and listen to them there. I think it is true that we have managed to stay more connected than I thought we would in these early weeks of parenting. Yeah. Not because I thought we were doomed to failure, but just with the massiveness of the transition. Maybe this podcast is a big part of that too. Yeah, I think it's been helpful. And that's not to say earlier, I really had to had to swallow some words. And which, to me? <laughs> we were both frustrated. It's very easy to take any frustration that we're feeling about the situation as a personal attack or personal blame. I think there was something earlier. You were just offering a suggestion, and it felt very much like you were saying, you're doing this wrong, and you need to fix it. That might have been what I meant in a bad moment. (laughs) Exactly. And you just have to recognize that we're both feeling that. And in my better moments, then be able to let it go. I don't always have my best moments. You do pretty well. I don't always have my best moments. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks, Andre. Andre. That is good encouragement. And what you said resonates, obviously, with us. So thanks for writing in. Friends, if you want to be featured in a mailbag segment, you too can email us at timstake at gmail.com. We can read and interact with some of your ideas on the air. Keep the segment alive. This is the first time where we will also link to a couple of things in the show notes. Oh, yeah. We should link to the Baby Born Bouncer, to the Wonder Weeks app, both those things below. Those won't be, at this stage, affiliate links. 
because we don't make any money off this podcast. But who knows? If we do, we'll tell you in the future. And finally, I just want to add a new little piece to our end here that this podcast was recorded with four interruptions from Oliver. Well, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that's your Tim's take. <laughs>